Mark Thompson, I yeah, I kind of feel like this is now becoming the new old school. Yeah, like uh, that that two weeks in a row. That other guy, Mank Wyatt's, Mank Wyatt's. I don't know. It's like a distant memory. He's got a lot of jobs, and this is one of those. He wants to be here. He really does. But no, no, I know, I know. But nonetheless, but he's got a lot of stuff to do. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Mark Thompson, uh, everybody, and I love our conversation. So. Uh, I li I uh, brought back three from last week that we didn't finish because we only have an hour and a half here. That's it's true. Tough, tough yeah. to finish on time, right? I remember you. We came up short on a few things. Yeah, and so some of that will be political, and I've uh, sprinkled in some new stuff. So we're going to talk about how Jeff Sessions might finish Donald Trump. Oh, that's uh, that's right. That was right. only hinted at last time. Right, and so we're going to bring that back, but add in Nikki Haley sprinkled in. Oh. Okay. Uh, and so there's a lot of good uh, political conversations. I want to start obviously on lettuce first, yeah, um, the, because okay. why not? Uh, and then later we'll get back to the ideal nut cups of coffee in a day. So these are the important topics discussed today. But first, of course, as always, uh, old school sponsored by shoptyt.com. Okay, where you can get this Jurassic prick T-shirt. <laughs> And I, I'll tell, I'm, I'm going to be honest as to why I'm wearing this today. One, of course, I love it, but but two, uh, it's because I the good folks at shoptyt.com today uh, told me what our best sellers are, and this is one of our best sellers. Oh, and I was like, why? Well, so apparently, I have nothing to do with sales because I never wear this shirt online, and yeah. but uh, but here it is. And yeah. uh, so you guys like this one? Bless your hearts, makes sense. Shoptyt.com. My favorite, as I've stated. Is the stable genius. Uh, okay, so Mark, I'm just saying that there might be Christmas gifts in your future. I'm not okay, saying Okay, that'd be great. Okay. That'd be strong. Okay, uh, by the way, another top seller, in fact, I think the top seller, and maybe single handedly because of Mark Thompson, is the TYT uh, hat. The TYT hat is the greatest hat I have. I'd wear it everywhere, but I uh, it's. Provokes too much discussion. Like you get the conversation oh, really? going. Yeah. Wow. So oh, that's not such yeah. a bad thing. Okay. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. Just some places I don't want to get into a big thing. No, know? I know. Yeah. Look, I'll do do the Ben Mankiewicz school of uh, over the top honesty, uh, which will relate to something I'm about to show you in a second. But yeah, I had one of these kind of T-shirts that was pretty aggressive against Trump uh, in, and I went to an enclave in Malibu, and I swear to God, before we went there, I was like. This is the kind of enclave where this shirt might cause a bit of a ruckus. I told my family that, and I was like, I hope it doesn't. But, and yeah, and there was one guy there, you know, who I imagine was wealthy. I don't know, right? That doesn't mean you're a bad guy. And we got Nick Hanauer in our podcasting network now, Pitchfork sure. Economics. Wonderful guy. Uh, Anna just uh, listened to his first podcast. He's just like, holy cow, he's awesome. Yeah. Okay. No, being wealthy doesn't matter. Look, you got Steyer also. And yeah, of course, of course. And so Hanauer, by the way, the first non-family investor in Amazon. Wow. <laughs> okay, and he's trying to make sure that everybody's wages are lifted in this country. It's like we got to raise people's wages. Okay, we got to raise the minimum wage. We got to raise all wages, etc. See, there's and FDR was wealthy, etc. But this right. guy was a wealthy prick, as opposed to Nick and FDR. Sure. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. and. Uh, and we nearly got into a fight, like with our families there and everything. Okay, so I'm keeping it real. Here's the problem: 
you can have a whole setup like you did with the families and everything, but it only takes one person to be an a-hole, and now it's on. All yeah. because he sees, oh, TYT, yeah, what are you, yo, Mr. Progressive, blah, 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 you're gonna bankrupt this country, or whatever the, you know, whatever their rap is. <laughs> yeah, bankrupt, they just did $2 trillion tax cut for the rich. Oh, yeah, it bears right. no relation to what is actually happening. <laughs> That's in the country. right. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so speaking of the raw honesty. But let me just say, say this other thing, because I also wear it. Anything TYT and I get tons of love. Overwhelmingly, I get love more than any kind of- uh, And I thing. might literally recognize you in the streets like I did with Adam Green. I was, he was wearing a TYT cap and I wouldn't have noticed him otherwise because it was at night. I'm like, oh, that guy's got a TYT hat on. Mm. And it turned out it was Adam Green from uh, Progressive Change Campaign Committee. Oh, uh, that's cool. Right. But I will, if I run into you and you're wearing TYT gear, I will definitely say hi. Okay, so uh, right wing, it's a good way to trick me. <laughs> 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 right wing purchases welcome. Yeah. yeah. So the shirt I wore on purpose because uh, I heard his top five bestseller, but the hat and and this hoodie I think is oops this one, uh, tyt hoodie is I think also top five. I know the hat's number one. I think the hoodie's in the top five. And then here's the other one in the top five, the sweatshirt that Ben Mankiewicz on Old School made fun of. Okay, this beauty here, and that's why I asked <laughs> what was okay. Okay, is this the first time you're seeing it, Mark? I haven't seen it. And there's a, there's another one from a couple of years ago, I think, or maybe it was last year, without your face on it. This is an upgrade. Oh, upgrade! It's got it's got the Uger face on it. I mean, you can't argue with that. Okay, it says ho ho ho, home of progressives. Come on, come on! Who doesn't love this sweatshirt? Very strong. Right, correct answer, Ben Mankiewicz. He said, <laughs> uh, but uh, turns out oh. selling like hotcakes. Really? Because people like love. Did that really is selling? Yeah, that's top three. Oh my God, that's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> this is top three? Yeah. Because as you held it up, I thought, well, he's really going to have to push this. I mean, it's so, but. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Wow. Um, so, and it's kitschy. Everybody knows it's kitschy, right? Yeah, it's, it's and, cute. You, and oh, that's great. I mean, how many people could possibly buy that, right? So you'll be one of only a couple of hundred people in the country who has ever bought this sweatshirt that's and right. will ever have it, right? You know, <laughs> when Conan O'Brien, you may remember Conan O'Brien, the late night host, he was given the Tonight Show, mm -hmm. replacing uh, Johnny Carson, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, is that how it went? Yeah, he was replacing Johnny Carson. And then immediately they replaced Conan O'Brien after six months with Jay Leno. Or is it when Jay I, no, Leno I was on know. first? Jay Leno replaced Johnny Carson, and then Conan, based on an old deal, replaced Jay Leno, who was retiring. That's right. But then they changed their mind and pulled Conan and brought Leno back. So there was a six-month period, roughly, when Conan was on. Yeah. And now you're saying, what does this have to do with the shirt? I'll tell you. Because you said it was a short time that it's available, this this uh, this shirt, the TYT members, uh, TYT, uh, shoptyt.com. Uh, I immediately upon the announcement that they were yanking Conan off the air and bringing Jay back, I went to the NBC store and started buying all the stuff that said The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien, yeah. thinking that, you know, that stuff's really gonna be rare, as you said. You know, they're gonna be a hundred people who have that. Whereas they're gonna be a jillion people who have a hat that says The Tonight Show with Jay Leno or whatever. Yeah, uh, and, and Young Turks, uh, legendary Young Turks producer J.R. Jackson, who's also been on Old School. Um, uh, has a similar thing, but he does it with basketball jerseys. So he gets like people who've been on a team for like six days, right? Sometimes they'll <laughs> even be great. 
There'll even be a transfer, like Carmelo will go to make it up, like the Timberwolves. Sure. And then Timberwolves will trade him to the Rockets, right? This is all made up, obviously. Sure. And he'll get a Timberwolves Carmelo Anthony t-shirt. That's better. That's a great, great run. I mean, to, yeah. to follow the moves and then pick up the shirts that are, yeah. that's really clever. But, and, and it's, of course, jerseys, not shirts, but, um, but like my favorites are the ones that are like, oh yeah, he was on the Lakers for six months, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> right. I forgot he was on the Lakers. Like, or Andrew Bynum with the Sixers or yeah. stuff like that, right? Anyways, and by, you wanna talk about stopping you to talk to you? You got one of these bad boys oh, yeah. on the, the, the Jenk sweatshirt? Mm -hmm. Okay, I will definitely stop you in the streets. That might also be dissuading people. Yeah, that might not be it, the incentive that we needed. Yeah. Anyway, shop2ot.com. All right, that was fun. All right, now uh, let's talk about a more important topic, lettuce. So I think that in previous old school episodes that we have uh, correctly deduced that it is useless, okay? Hmm. So- Must uh, have not been here those nights. No, I don't, I don't think you were. And since you're vegan, it's an interesting topic because it's one of the three things you're allowed to eat. Oh, um, again, I think <laughs> I've just been insulted. Sideswipe more than insulted. <laughs> so, uh, but tonight, as I was putting it on a, uh, basically a tortilla I was making, I thought, why am I wasting energy putting this lettuce on? It is going to add absolutely nothing to this tortilla, uh, as it adds nothing to everything that it lettuce has ever been on. Uh, and then I thought, I'll let him talk. I'll let him talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> then I found a use for it, and I was like, okay, we've saved lettuce. Okay. No, by the way, lettuce is sometimes not only useless but counterproductive. Oh. Because it, when you break it, there, it, or sometimes it naturally breaks. That part that breaks, you know, uh, the stem part uh -huh. basically uh, captures E. coli uh, better than almost anything. So that's why lettuce often Whatever. carries I, you know, of e. e. coli. Would you like to make a defense of? I would. Lettuce? I'd like to make a defense uh, right away. Uh, uh, the the supposition, which is associated with the, the fact that lettuce adds nothing, is absurd on its face because lettuce adds. A couple of things right off the hop. First of all, it adds something very, very important, arguably the most important thing with food of any kind, texture. Hmm. The texture of food is so important. That's why all of you meat eaters out there, you're, you're used to a certain way that that burger feels or that piece of chicken feels, whatever it might be. And a good dish has a bunch of different things that together make a blend of textures that are really great. Hmm. So on the taco, to use Jenks example, here's the taco. You've got your, you know, your ground beef, which has come from like a jillion different cows across the world, and it's in there mm. along with your beans and your mm. uh, cheese. And that lettuce is the truly distinct texture in there that I think gives the taco a real feel. Now, I also think, that the taste of lettuce is discernible. Like you can, you know what lettuce tastes like. Now you may lose it in all the sauce and crap that you put on it. So then you're really down to the texture. But I really think that particularly in the taco and particularly in the burger, hey, there's a reason that on those Carl's Jr's commercials, they're showing you all of this meat and bun and lettuce. There is because it helps round out the texture of that thing you're eating. So I was gonna say that uh, I, I was not remotely buying your argument. Okay, 
And like, so for us folks who eat real food, we could actually <laughs> care about the substance of the food rather than the texture. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you care so much about the substance. <laughs> <laughs> so much that you're willing to look the other way on antibiotics and a whole bunch of toxins that are lying in your body that are just like cancer bombs going off. Did I walk into that one? <laughs> Okay, but anyway, uh, but no, I actually did find something surprisingly useful in your defensive lettuce. <laughs> Do tell. Okay, I previously thought it had only one use, uh, but but I also unfortunately found another reason why I can't be vegan uh, uh, until I evolve more. Okay, but uh, so uh, you're right, lettuce on a burger does add something, and it is in fact the only instance I can think of. Where you should eat the lettuce whole rather than shredded, okay? And in fact, I don't think shredded would make sense on a burger. You need a little bit of that crunchiness in the burger to that that lettuce provides. And so, if you put it in with tomato and and the proper condiments, I will grant you that lettuce does add to a hamburger. There you go. Okay. Now, the one I had thought of independently was shredded lettuce on a sub. And the reason is because it retains the oil and vinegar better. Otherwise, it slides off the sandwich. And the lettuce absorbs the oil and vinegar, which is the right way to eat a sub, and extra oil and vinegar. It absorbs it. No, it doesn't. Holds on to it. No, it does. And, no, and no, I'm telling you, I, are you this guy's talking I'm telling about the you too. expert. Okay, I, where does I the, mean, where I, does the, how dare you? Where does the oil and vinegar, <laughs> uh, where, the, one of the things, you're right. And the sub that absorbs the oil and vinegar and is absorbed quite strongly is in the sub in the bread. No, the no. bread is where you're, that's all gonna sit. So look, people who know how to make subs, when you ask for extra oil and vinegar, which is the correct way of eating a sub, yes. they will put the extra oil and vinegar on the bread, okay? And that is excellent and makes sense, okay? Once it gets past my extra mayo, but let's put that aside, okay? Wow, you have extra mayo. And oil and vinegar? And extra oil and vinegar. Oh, see, I have that's a, that's a fork in the road. You either go oil and vinegar or you go mayo and mustard. No, You don't no. go both. No, you do mayo and oil and vinegar as any right-thinking American would. No, that's un-American the way you're suggesting it. <laughs> mayo and mustard. Where did this guy come from? Yeah, Hawaii? you can say it like that, but it's absurd. Everybody's <laughs> agreeing with me. Okay, we're so un-American. Probably came from Hawaii. Okay. Anyway, like Obama, really born yeah. here. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. President, Puerto Rico is part of America. <laughs> I just remember oh. that. I just thought of that when when everything was going on in Puerto Rico. I thought, I mean, truly, Trump. Remember, he made that comment. Puerto yeah. Rico is part of America. Not many people may know that. Yeah, like yeah, I didn't no, know. No, no, we we all know that. We I didn't know, know it twenty minutes ago. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, mm. so uh, so right. look, but but the, what most people do is, unless you ask for extra oil and vinegar, they will just put it on top of the sandwich. And if you don't have the finely shredded lettuce, it will slide right off, and it, you get almost no oil and vinegar, and you've ruined the uh, the sub. Uh, but in in Jersey, they shred the lettuce even more finely so that it absorbs even more of the oil and vinegar, and uh, and so that's why it, would I have a sub with like does lettuce add to like thousand other things? I think no. I'd rather just not have the lettuce. But I'm indifferent to it. If I if you put it in, like I don't really care. Right. It's not offensive, right? Uh, but in a sub, I prefer it. But it must be shredded. Uh, no, no decent American uh, would do a sub without unshredded lettuce. But shredded lettuce, regardless of where it lives in the sub or the taco or whatever, that again adds a crunchiness. It adds a texture, don't you think? 
in the, when when I soak it with oil and vinegar, it's not as crunchy, but it, but it adds texture. Sure, fine, I'll grant it. And last thing on this, and then we'll move on to other stuff, uh, is that's another reason why I would have a lot of difficulty being a vegan because I don't like beans and I don't like potatoes. So haven't I eliminated like seventy percent of vegan food? No, I mean I I I I haven't had beans and potatoes. The first time I had beans is when I came here to TYT tonight because I had like a little dinner. Thing. No, I mean you can. There's plenty of stuff to eat, but uh -huh. I, there are, there are a jillion other reasons you won't become a vegan, and most of them have to do with the fact that you just like eating meat, and that's the way you were brought up, and you've been. And I mean, and I, I know, but I got to make myself feel better somehow. It's not. It's the beans. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the rationales are the best part. Yeah. Let me tell you why. I got to wait another year. I thought I was going to do it this year, but let me tell you why. Yeah. No. No. Look. Look. I know they're torturing the cows, but <laughs> I'm not big into beans, right? I know they're mutilating the chickens. On the other hand, alive, by the way, alive. Right, right. but yeah. on the other hand, I don't love potatoes. I mean, I'll eat the French fries and many other things related to potatoes, <laughs> but I don't love potatoes. Potatoes. I mean, well, if you cut back, if, if I'll I was be in happy. Ireland, I would have voluntarily starved. Like, I don't even need the potato. I don't even want the potato. Yeah, I don't eat a lot of potatoes either. I, I, I love potatoes, but I don't. Um, but but anyway, the answer is you know the answer. I don't need to tell you. Yeah. That's not there's nothing. Okay. But okay, what else? What else do we have? Anna just texted in. Uh, they they don't oil and vinegar the bread to avoid a soggy sandwich, but that's the mistake. Uh, a soggy uh, sub uh, drowned in oil and vinegar is awesome. I agree, and if you can get to it before, if you, it's sitting there in the car, most of us are getting, a lot of us are getting these on the road or whatever. If you can get to it before it's sat there for you know, 20, 25 minutes, you can get right into the sub, it's not all soggy yet. It's yes. just perfect. On the other hand, you could go the other direction. Now I know this is controversial, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Sometimes I'll take a sub and I'll put it in the fridge Okay, and I'll come back to it later. And at that point, it's even more soggy and it's cold and hence crisper. It's both oh. so soggier and crisper. No one's ever thought of it before. Look, they, <laughs> look, I'm a disruptor. That's what I do. Yeah. I disrupt yeah. things, right? I disrupted online yeah. video. You're an I'm, innovator, I would say. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't. Yeah, you're do a disruptor. I, I do this with my kids uh, and with my wife. I go, if I'm like, over Thanksgiving, my wife is like, this is such a pain in the ass. Can you help me with the dishes? I mean, you're sitting around the house anyway, so you don't have the excuse of going to work, right? And uh, and I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. And so I, I started helping with the dishes. Am I not magnanimous? Okay. <laughs> and uh, and so I started saying to the kids, would a hero ask for credit for doing the dishes? No, 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 he wouldn't, right? Would a hero talk about how he, Took out the garbage three times today already? Nah, probably not, right? I mean, so I'm not saying that I'm a hero, right? And bro's like, Bob, a hero wouldn't even say that. A hero <laughs> wouldn't say any of that, okay? Um, so am I a hero for discovering both soggy and crispy subs? No, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I, you know, if other people want to say it, I'm not going to stop them. But <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're you're in any risk of being called a hero, Jank, uh, <laughs> in terms of your dietary uh, choices and you know, yeah. culinary uh, preferences. Although I don't want to make fun of them, I think there's some creativity there, and it's not like I feel like everybody who's not eating, you know, plant-based is a. I, I get it. Uh, but I think on the lettuce thing, you're really uh, you're wrong. I mean, I think the lettuce is actually, and I and I know you don't want to admit that you're wrong here, but I see in you, you've already kind of no, let you go. Know what? We're going to go to the American people. This is important enough to go to the American people. We're going to do a poll. 
tyt.com slash poll. That's how we're storing the polls these days because it's clever. <laughs> it's another thing I innovated. So is lettuce largely useful or largely useless? Okay, mm. I'll live with that. I'll live with that question. Mm. You know, it's all about because the Because I have granted that it is not entirely useless. So largely I useful. I mentioned texture, taste. Uh, texture and taste, I think, are legitimate. I mean. Yeah, and, and so by the time some of you are watching this on YouTube, that link will already exist with the magic of online video, abracadabra, mm -hmm. okay? And, uh, and, and it'll be in the description box below. Let okay. me just make one last point. If Look at this guy lobbying. If lettuce really had no, you know, didn't taste, you didn't didn't have any particular taste, or why then is lettuce the fundamental vegetable used in salads? I mean, there's so many salads that are really, at their base, lettuce and then a bunch of other stuff. I mean, if it's true, because it, it catches oil and vinegar well. All right, <laughs> it's you know what it is. It's just an inoffensive receptacle. Right. I like get it. I'm gonna like put Chilean sea bass. No, I okay. Chilean sea bass. No, that's I actually an, think it's is almost great. A, well, but of course, because it's the it's a neutral fish. Even this is the idea behind it. Is it's not even you know it's not even bass and it's not even Chilean. It's not even from the sea. Um, but <laughs> I know oh, it is from the sea. But I'm just saying. Yeah, I was going to say that sea part doesn't. I needed say. to kind of round out the point. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um, but it, it's a perfect a neutral texture thing. For the other things that it marinades in, that it's seasoned with, and all the I rest. I see. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. That so makes anyway, sense. so maybe it's Chilean sea bass, the lettuce of the sea. <laughs> all right, there you go. <laughs> but not the Chilean sea. <laughs> okay, exactly. where's it from? Alabama or something? It's from uh, no, but I'll. It's a. Um, but wherever it's from, I don't want to. You guys do, can do hashtag tyt live for our members who get to watch this live. Uh, Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member and get old school live and get the whole hour and a half. Uh, so. Uh, you can tell us where it's from, but yes. wherever it's from, whoever uh, decided to call it Chilean sea bass, if they did that on purpose, they're a genius. Because Chilean sea bass, for whatever reason, sounds fancy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it would have sounded fancy if you said, you know, uh, well, check. It's, a, sea it's bass. a Patagonian Antarctic toothfish before 19. 77, the name Chilean sea bass didn't exist, and few people- 19 what? 77, so it's been oh, wow. around for a while. Yeah. But uh, few people ate the fish before the 1990s. Mm -hmm. So the 1990s was the explosion. Prior to that, scientists knew the fish by the less mouthwatering name of Patagonian or Antarctic toothfish. No, that's, seen, that's no Chilean good. Chilean sea bass is a pure marketing invention. And a wildly successful wild uh, marketing invention. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's 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 a lot in the names, okay? Yeah. So if it was called the Antarctic toothfish, no one's eating it. No one's interested in it. Right. It's it's just gonna die on the vine. And they knew that. Yeah. Now some things are good enough to get past their name, like charcuterie. Oh yeah. Right? Like charcuterie is a terrible name. Nobody like Well, it's a terrible you, name for what it is. Yeah, if it could be a good name for something else. Right. I charcuterie until I found out what it was in my 40s <laughs> sounded like some French dish that I had no interest in that was going to have a lot of vegetation on top of it, right? right? And was going to be small 
and uninteresting. Right, and people were gonna pretend that it was interesting. Oh, I did declare I have brought you some charcuterie, right? <laughs> and I was like, eh, let's wrap it up, right? And then they bring out like a plate of like salami. Yeah, it's just the opposite meats. of what you thought it was. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then in Modern Family, I always thought that, right? And I'm, we might even talk about it on an old school episode. And then Jay made the same joke. He's like, why did they call it that, <laughs> right? So, you know, great minds and all that, right? Yeah. And also yeah. mediocre minds. Um, <laughs> so, we had a serious story in the news today on the Young Turks. And I forgot to go back to it, which is probably a good thing because it was, too, and I don't remember how, which story it was. I don't know if it was shooting, whatever, and it would have been out of yeah. place. Oh, no, uh, it was the uh, this poor uh, lady got coffee thrown in her face by a homeless person, etc. Anyway, the name of the donut shop was Spud Nuts. That's a terrible name, Spud yeah, that's Nuts. Weak. That's like weak. we talked about cheese curds. You know the letter U is sometimes problematic. And I say that as a man who has two U's in his last name. Oh yeah. Right? So like Spud Nuts yeah. does not sound good. It sounds like it belongs in a Snoop Dogg song. Okay, so, <laughs> so <laughs> what kind of nuts are Spud Nuts? <laughs> anyway, so I don't want to eat Spud Nuts. Who wants to eat Spud Nuts, right? So that's a terrible name for a donut shop. Uh, and and yeah. last you know last week we talked about cheese curds. Nobody right, wants to eat awful, a curd, and we agree right? it's an awful name, right? Yeah. But Chilean sea bass has a certain oh, elegance. To it, it has a sophistication. I yeah. agree, it's an elegance, and, and uh, I. I think it was a brilliant marketing decision they've made. And uh, it's of course, but as I say, it, it bears no relation to the actual provenance of the of the fish. Yeah, and maybe that was our, uh, it's come to think of it, Young Turks has two U's on it, in it. <laughs> the Young is the irrelevant U, but the Turks is a, an actual U. Yeah, you really U. hear it, yeah. Right, so maybe we, if we were better marketers, we would have gone with the Young Chileans. <laughs> the Young Chileans, mm. it sounds more sophisticated. I don't know if yeah. it goes off the, as we've said before, the Turks part has nothing to do with Turkey, whereas the Chilean part would have to do with Chile. So it only works the Young Turks. That's right, because yeah. it's Young Turks means Young Rebels. Means Rebels, yeah. Yeah, it's not a reference to Turkey. If it was, then it would be weird. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, like the Young Russians today with Jim Huger <laughs> right. and Mark Thompson. Right. You're like, whoa, what? Why are we doing this? Okay, anyways, by the way, last part of Anna's text was, you're right about the shredded lettuce oh. and how it somehow absorbs the oil and vinegar. Oh. That's I called hate it redemption. when Anna agrees with you. Yeah, no, it is It is deeply problematic when Anna agrees with me. Uh, it doesn't happen Usually often, I can though. count on Anna not to agree with you, <laughs> but in this instance. Well, right. we're gonna find out what the American people think soon. Yeah. Okay, and soon they will hear from you. Yeah, that's an old George Bush <laughs> reference. But anyway, so tyt.com slash poll. By the way, shop tyt.com, tyt.com slash join. All that will also be in the description box. Okay, let's get on to somewhat important stuff, politics, okay? So it's a, it's a mixed bag on whether we, you know, it's a bit of controversy. But Anna also came up with another old school rule off the air, which I don't know is allowed, but maybe we can call it the Anna exception. Okay. Okay, because you're supposed to do old school rules on old school. Sure. But she said, I will allow you guys to talk about politics all you like, and that is quite merciful of her. Uh, as long as you never spend another 11 minutes discussing football uniforms, as Ben and I did once. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> you discussed like just 
well, the ones that were good, the ones that were bad. Yeah, and why the, the Rams are good, Vikings are good. Uh oh, oh yeah. we're almost going to devolve into yeah, it right yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> but and the throwback uniforms and all that. Stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And we're out, Anna. We're out. Don't worry. Okay, so that allows us the the room to talk about politics. So Jeff Sessions was asked last week, uh, "Hey, uh, are you uh, ever going to get back into politics?" And his answer was in essence like, "Oh no, 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 no. I'm not thinking about that right now." Okay. Now that doesn't mean he that he really means it, but I think he means it today, right? Right, right. And man, he got burned. Yeah, I was gonna say he'll let those three, third degree burns settle out. He's got to like. Put a lot of salve on those wounds for a little while. Yeah, and see, burn has a U in it, and it <laughs> sounds like it should, like oh, burns, yeah. right? Oh, like almost a negative connotation. I don't know why I keep insisting on that with the last name Uger, but anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so, he got yeah he got burned. So he says so he's going to take some time. Up. I mean, look, let's just review real quick. Sessions steps up when Trump's running for president. Everybody thinks he's a joke. Nobody thinks he's going to win. And as a sitting United States Senator, Jeff Sessions does something really bold and that that almost no one on the Democratic side did for Bernie Sanders, okay? To be fair, Jeff Merkley did, he's a wonderful senator from Oregon, okay? And but Sessions stood up and said, yeah, Trump, I'm with Trump. People are like, you're nuts, what are you doing? And he took that political risk to, and they thought, oh, you're gonna alienate the next president who clearly is not going to be Trump, right, by backing this Clown, right? And and he took that risk anyway. And everything else about Jeff Sessions is horrific, right? Uh, and and then Trump picked him to be Attorney General. The risk paid off, so he thought. And then he did something like he lied on behalf of Trump, saying I didn't meet with the Russians when he did. And he actually could have that could have had severe consequences. That was a clear lie on the record in his confirmation hearings. That's the thing that Republicans impeached Bill Clinton for. Uh, of course, Democrats never impeach anyone, never take any action, never do anything. So they let him get away with it. But one reason was he's like, okay, fine, I recuse myself from anything related to Russia. That was the bare minimum he could do. And he probably couldn't have imagined that Donald Trump would be furious about it. Because I think that Jeff Sessions genuinely didn't believe that Donald Trump was a criminal, right? I don't like if, why would you get set yourself up for that? If you thought this guy's a crook, etc., he he thought Donald Trump was a hateful person who did demagoguery. That's what he liked about him, right? Because Jeff Sessions is a really bad guy, but he didn't think he was a criminal. And so when he recused himself, he probably thought, well, what's the big deal? But what he didn't know was Donald Trump did do it. Right? Yeah. He 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 did collude with the Russians, and he did many other things with the Russians, and he did many other criminal activities unrelated to the Russians. So. And Trump spends a year and a half shitting all over him, one after another after another, and just humiliating him in public. And so I thought, um, if like Trump's in a world of trouble now, I mean, that's gonna be the second half of the political conversation. Okay. That, that Lou Dobbs is like hilariously the last guy on the ship, in a, which in a weird kind of way, I almost respect. Like, but he's the last lunatic on board, going like, "No, we got this. We got this. That iceberg is." Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, no, it's he's such a well. He's such a weirdo. It's a loathsome guy. Anyway. Yeah, we'll get to him in a second. Um, and um, but so, like, Michael Cohen said, "Yeah, I committed a felony, and I'm going to go to th- prison for three years." The guy I committed the felony with is Donald Trump. Okay, 
David Pecker, who ran National Enquirer, said, yeah, okay, the prosecutor said we cooperated, so we're not gonna get prison time. But yes, we committed a felony, and it was with Donald Trump. Okay, so you've got two people telling federal prosecutors on the record and 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 in plea deals and in guilty and convictions and etc cetera, etc cetera, saying yes, I committed a felony with Donald J Trump, okay? That president is in a world of trouble. And uh and Lou Dobbs, which was the second half saying this is he did nothing but win this week. Okay, it's insanity. But so if we are right that reality still holds, and at some point the Republicans have to decide, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna throw our lot in with the criminal? Or are we gonna do something about it, okay? And so that's a long conversation, one we've kind of touched on a couple of times, right? But when you say do something about it. Impeachment. Right, that's, or, let's or be clear for, about what that is. Right? Or force a resignation, right? okay? Like they would go to him and say, no, there's enough votes. Here, I'll give you the list of 67 senators. Right. Here, you know, and here are the Republicans on the list. We're all going to vote for impeachment. Your call, but we're Republicans. We'd rather have you resign and not be impeached in shame, mm-hmm. right? And not impeached, just impeached by the House, but convicted by the Senate, right? Mm-hmm. And thrown out of office in nearly an unprecedented fashion. Right. So that's the conversation they would have with him. And so I picture in my mind's eye the Republican caucus. They've gotten together, at this point, the only reason they're having the conversation, not just because he's a criminal, they defend him anyway. Orrin Hatch said, ah, like, uh, said, what do I care about crimes? Right. He's a good president. He's a good president, if he's a good president, I don't care that he committed crimes. That's the same guy who was like, Bill Clinton lied on the record. That's a crime, there's nothing we can do, there's nothing we can do, it's a crime. It's a crime, crime means everything, right? So, uh, so the reason that in my mind's eye that that caucus is happening is, they got him on the campaign finance violations, that's clear as day already. They got him on Russia, they got him uh, you know, in ways that are even clearer than what we know in public already. And the stock market has crashed. Well, that's, I think that really might be the nail. We're everything cooking right along domestically in terms of the economy particularly might be different. Uh, what worries me, of course, is that he gets into some kind of trouble. He gets adventurous with his power of the military. That could be real tricky. Yeah, but I, I really, I don't think I'm being overly optimistic. I think actually that could backfire too. Like, well, but a lot of bad s happens while while it's backfiring. Yeah, I hear you. First of all, you can curse on old school, so it's that's okay. right. Uh, um, sorry, <laughs> sorry that I didn't curse. <laughs> that that only bad shit goes down when you. Yeah. Uh, oh. I was just listening to Cypress Hill again the other day. When the goes down, you better be ready. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. It's like being there. Yeah, it's like being there. <laughs> All right, let me just finish this part. Yeah, so. Um, so I picture Sessions walking into the caucus to talk to his old colleagues in oh. the Senate and finishing Trump. All right, guys, let me tell you what I know about Donald Trump. Okay. If you vote with him today, here's what he's gonna do to you tomorrow. Betray you immediately. This will gain you no favor with Donald Trump. In fact, he'll use it against you. He'll say, hey, I didn't do it, these guys did it. These guys are the ones that let me stay in office. Mm. You should talk to them, there should be consequences for them, not me. You think he wouldn't do that? He's done that every single time. Michael Cohen talked about that in his guilty plea, Yeah. right? 
And the idea of Sessions finishing Trump, partly yeah. like he started him, right? <sighs> yes, one of those, the only right? thing I would ever root for in, yeah. in a story related to Jeff Sessions, if that some winds up at least taking down an even worse some, <laughs> <laughs> there's some sort of, you know, cinematic uh, justice to that. Right? I mean. In your scenario where Sessions actually takes him down though, it's a kind of this 12 angry men thing where he, you know, the caucus is there and they all, all they need is like two more votes to really ice him or really be sure of it and, um, and Session comes in and finishes him off. The truth is for them to caucus, it, more likely they'll be caucusing with a lot of momentum to get rid of him by the time they caucus, don't you think, Jack? So I want to talk about that too. We got to let the YouTube audience go. Okay. If you if you get the podcast, the podcast is free. It's an hour. Uh, if you're a member, you get the whole hour and a half anytime you want, and you could watch it live. So go join up, and you help home and progressives. Okay, so tyt.com/slash/join, or you can do tyt.com/slash/jank. That's a way way to sign up, so I can catch up to Anna. Um, so. In the competition we're having. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit more about how that caucus would work. I want to turn to Lou Dobbs and now Nikki Haley. Mm. And apparently, maybe Nikki Haley finishes him. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about that now. Okay, so look, when the caucus meets, if it's a foregone conclusion, I mean, it's a perfunctory meeting. Sure. Right? So that's not interesting and that's not in the movie. I agree. Do you see? But there could easily be a caucus meeting where they're not positive. Jesus, guys, look Look at the polling, he's down to 28%. Mm. We're, we're all gonna get killed in our general elections. On the other hand, I got polling that's still holding on, he's still holding on to the Republican base at 54% and we're gonna get primaried, right? right? So that's why they're like, ah, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Because if you think that the Republican senators care about anything but their own ass, man, I gotta, Bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Like, no, that's the only thing they care about. Yep. So they will get a call from the this in this scenario. In any scenario where Trump goes down, uh, when the shit goes down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Better be ready. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that last part was. So in any scenario where Trump goes down, the donors have already called and they've said, no, no, this. Dumbass, crashed the market, doesn't know what he's doing. We're done with him, right? And, and enough of those guys have gotten those calls, but they keep looking at that 54 or or 58% of Republican voters that still like Trump, and they're so scared of that primary. That's when Sessions walks in. Yeah, yeah, that would be the, that's the scenario. You talk about the donors and the situation of the market right now. The donors have to be, on the one hand, really happy because essentially Trump has uh, melted away what few regulations and protections consumers had, the environment had, right? You can, it's really open season on everything from drilling to coal mining to dumping toxic waste and sludge and rivers and streams in the air. I mean, it's unbelievable, it's unprecedented. They have to worry about nothing in the banking industry. They're taking away those, uh, uh, the minimal protections that were in, in, in place in, in, on Wall Street. So you gotta love that. You know, happy days are here again for those guys. Uh, the bad thing is, as you suggest, all of his moves toward trade war with China, no, everything's fine. There's all sort of sketchiness around various pronouncements he's making and then backtracking on them has caused, has caused the markets, among other things, perhaps underpinning the markets, to go 
crazy. But they both, even though it sounds counterintuitive, they actually intuitive. They actually head in the same direction. I'll tell you why. I'll explain I'll tell why. Tell you why. <laughs> Thank you. I know you were on pins and needles and thinking, is he going to tell me why? <laughs> um, uh, so the donors got already got everything they wanted. That's so, my point. So there's three things that they want. Number one is tax cuts. Number two is deregulation, uh, and number three is lower wages. Okay, so they got all three already, but they banked it. They don't need Trump anymore, right? So, and then if the markets crash, they're like, "Yeah, I needed him for those two years to do all the things that I wanted, but now the knucklehead it crashed the economy, so we're done with him." Right. It's time. Right. right. So you're saying they're. They're really waiting for the definitive crash, or are they gonna beat the crash? No, no, I don't think that they even necessarily know there's a crash, and they're not planning around it. I'm saying that is what will naturally evolve. Okay. I believe that the crash will naturally come. Oh, it will, there's no yeah. question. And and when it does, uh, the investors slash donors will be furious, even though they're the ones who partly made it happen, or largely made it happen, because the tax cuts overinflated the bubble, right? and it will lead to the crash. It is. You write it down in stone, right? Again, always caveat, don't ever take my financial advice. It's even if I was right, it depends on the timing, etc. Right. So, but having said that, I believe that, that it's inevitable, and I believe that the donors will not blame themselves. They won't be like, hey, I asked for too many tax cuts, right? They'll blame it on Trump. And they'll have plenty of good reasons too, because he is an idiot and he is incompetent, and he will have done needless things like the trade wars, etc., that exacerbated the already bad situation. And so they'll say, "Yeah, let him go," right? right? And but still, they won't be sure. And I guess partly what Sessions could say to them: one, they really respect Sessions, the Republican senators, because he's just as mean as they are, <laughs> right? And uh, and so like they don't. Like, do they respect Lindsey Graham? <laughs> yeah, you know, he was a he was a good boy, right? Yeah. And he did what McCain told him. He did what you know Kelly Ayotte and Lieberman told him, and he did what the defense contractors told him. But you know, sometimes he vacillates and says torture is bad. Yeah, yeah, that guy's you know he's he's not really one of us, right? I think Lindsey Graham's a terrible guy. Oh, he's yeah. awful. Yeah, but, but all these guys, most of these guys, are almost all of them, yeah. right? Uh, but Sessions, he's one of them. Yeah, he's a good old boy, right? So when that good old boy walks in and says, "Guys, I gotta tell you," <laughs> look, one of the things he could say is, "You're worried about primaries. I get it. That's your number one concern. You know, I get. It. I'm a politician. I know, right? You think you think he won't back your primary opponent anyway?" Right, right, because he has no boundaries. He has no appreciation. What you did for him yesterday is immediately wiped away. Like you get no credit for any action you do supporting Donald Trump. You only get discredit for not being slavishly, uh, you know, loyal, uh, to, him, loyal yeah. to him. Yeah, and so you're gonna have to keep kissing his ass for the rest of time. And I could see people putting down their pens. Yeah, okay, you're right. We're done with him. Yeah. Okay, and so. It, the, the day that you hear, if in this kind of scenario, and you hear a report early in the day, if this happens at all, it might happen at night, you might never hear of it, etc. But you hear a report that McConnell and Cornyn are on their way to the White House. Mm. That's the number one and number two Senate Republicans in the Senate. Oh, I'm gonna get my party clothes on. 
I'm gonna put on my ho 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 homo progressive sweatshirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna get the party ready. Okay, I'm gonna get my crispy lettuce ready. Okay. You because that means they're going to talk to him and saying, okay, time to mosey along. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I don't know that. I don't know. By the way, okay, I know this is totally now, yeah. totally far fantasy, like, right? For total fantasy, right? But probably gonna happen anyway. Tick 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 tick. But if if what now this is pure fantasy. But on his way out, if like Cornyn turned around and said, "Oh, by the way, President Trump, Jeff Sessions sends his regards." Oh, that's so. And then oh, that would be the only cool thing Jeff Sessions has ever, ever, ever done, <laughs> right? Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Come on, that was a fun fantasy. That's great, and and there are parts of it that are quite believable. Yeah, he could stand. How much can Trump stand up? Because already, as you say, that you know the standard is sort of like you know we all point to things and go see. See, he was involved in a felony. See, he was involved in another felony. See, he's involved in, in colluding for his own business interest with, and it's sort of like, meh, meh, meh. Okay, here's and he one. pushes back on it. Of course, he's not, he's not leaving office voluntarily. Not, <laughs> Nixon left under pressure. I mean, he, Nixon knew that the votes were there also to get rid of it. Yeah, no, that's why the, the, the basis of the fantasy, the Republican senators went to go talk to Nixon. Right. And that's why he stepped down. They said, we had the votes. Right. You're gonna be convicted in the Senate. You gotta go. So that, I think that was Howard Baker, if I'm not mistaken. Right, it was. That went and talked to Nixon. So that's the talk. And so well, that's why if I, that's why I'm saying if I hear Mitch McConnell and Corden are headed to the White House, like, ladies and gentlemen, we got, oh, what a day, what a day. Okay, let's see, let's see. Uh, well, then it's but then it's also about his henchmen. I mean, the the, the Kushners and the uh, you know. Of course, and one of the things that they're going to go to them with. So here, let me fill it in a couple of other parts of the puzzle. So to answer your question, the question you were leading to, which is, what's the over under on number of crimes that he clearly committed before the Republicans agree to impeach him? Okay, the answer is infinite. Right. It is not the crimes. The market must crash. They must think they're going to lose their seats. Mm. Okay, so that's a combination of donor pressure and general election voter pressure. Okay, so he might never lose the senators from Mississippi because they would be always more worried about a primary than the general election. Right, right. But once he starts losing Republicans in Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, oh my God, there goes the senators from Minnesota, Colorado, New Mexico. Arizona's gone, right? Right. Oh, we now we have enough Republicans to vote with the Democrats that to get to sixty-seven. So, but in 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 that scenario. Um, here is a crime. So if you pile up a bunch of crimes like campaign finance laws being broken, it's still not enough. Of course okay. not, no. Right? Yeah. But here is a crime that even without a market crash could do them in. If, if they find out, like this is one of the things I'm obsessed with, and I'm super curious to see if Mueller investigated it and found nothing. Uh, he investigated it and you know, found something, but it turns out it wasn't it, right? Or he didn't bother investigating, right? I'm so curious. The Trump server in Pennsylvania, it is getting pinged throughout the election mm -hmm. from Alpha Bank in Russia. It's this this is weird lone server in the middle of Pennsylvania that has nothing to do with any other thing that related to the Trump organization. 
and he keeps getting pinged by Alpha Bank. And they're like, oh, it might have been random spam. The fuck <laughs> off, right? <laughs> there is no random spam that coincidentally sends a Russian bank pinging the Trump Tower uh, server in Pennsylvania. If, let's say, in this scenario, they decipher, yes, that was their, they were sending messages about payments to Trump. Mm. Then he's done. And then you don't need anything else. If the Russians actually paid him, sure, right, during the election, then no one can withstand that. Not even Republican senators in Mississippi can go, yeah, now I know the Russians bought uh, uh, the president and yeah. I know he works for them, but my primary. <laughs> right? Yeah, but in truth, he's already kind of kissing cousins with that scenario based on the fact that wanting that tower in Moscow. Uh, made him beholden to the Russians. And I think he was beholden to the Russians in many other ways. As we know, he couldn't get credit here. And, it's just, and it looks like there's money laundering. We talked about this, by the way, before he was president, we talked about this possibility as, uh, mm -hmm. uh, as the commercial real estate world is just awash in this, in, in a lot of, I'm talking about high end, awash in a lot of these deals. Um, there are ways to launder money in, real, in high end real estate that you know most of us never get near. When I say most of us, I mean, I just, Journalists don't investigate it much, and it just doesn't get much play. But anyway, uh, he's only he's only half a click off from what you're talking about. So, so let's turn to a Moscow Tower, uh, the Trump Tower in Moscow, to to finish that thought. So that's a great point. But before we do that, Jeff Sessions says re-entered the room. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because he's like, did Mark say kissing cousins? <laughs> That sounded real good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all can stand by Trump if you want to, but I'll tell you something. Right. Um, so I'm still um, trying to get the last knife out of my back, if you wouldn't mind. Can you give right. me a hand with this? Yeah. Uh, so okay. So let's so, go back. So uh, Trump Tower in Moscow. Yeah. If all they have is. Trump lied about it on the campaign trail because he said he wasn't talking to the Russians or no one he was connected to was talking to the Russians about Trump Tower in Moscow anymore. Right. That was a clear lie. We already know that that's a lie. Michael Cohen explained that. But Trump never said that under oath. They're not going to get him. Okay. If it turns out the Moscow Tower, or the Trump Tower in Moscow deal was vague. Well, you know, you're, Trump's going to have to build it, and it's a, a speculative business venture. Even if the Russian government is backing it, they probably won't get him. Okay, um, but if the deal was, it's a licensing fee. Okay, right. so what does that mean? Trump gets paid one to five million dollars, but sometimes as high as the Indonesian government gave him five million dollars a year. Just the license in his name. He's an incompetent businessman, so they don't have him build the towers anymore. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it's a marketing play. They know that Trump had built up this name that was equated with wealth, right or wrong. And so people will go make a deal with him. Hey, I'm gonna build a tower in Kazakhstan, but I need to put the name Trump on it so all the rich idiots in Kazakhstan will come and rent or buy in that tower. And then it'll be called Trump Tower for that. I'm gonna pay you two and a half million dollars just for your name, right? See, that is a perfect vehicle for a bribe. Right. Because then you go, if 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 someone connected to the Russian government said, Mr. Trump, 
I don't know where this accent is coming from. Okay. That's good, actually, not bad though. Oh, it's okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, we, we too like kissing cousins. <laughs> I don't know, that's not necessarily true. I made that up. It's a little bull radish at the end, yeah. but it was good. So anyway, so they go to him and they go, Mr. Trump, um, that Trump Tower sounds like a really good idea. We don't need you to put any money in, of course. We would be managing the, the, the project. But for your naming rights, that is very valuable. We would be giving you $20 million dollars yeah. okay for the naming rights uh, and and in return of course uh, there are things that that you know would be great for our interests including getting rid of the Magnitsky Act mm -hmm. and in fact we will send a lawyer to go talk to your campaign about that and in fact the lawyer that had the meeting at the Trump Tower in New York was that talking about the Magnitsky Act sure. if you don't know the Magnitsky Act is the one that puts sanctions on the Russian oligarchs. They don't care about anything else. That affected their actual money, the yeah. money. You could put sanctions on the Russian people all day. Who, well, they don't give a shit about yeah. them at all. You could like say, hey, you know what? I'm taking Siberia, like, ah, it's cold anyway, take it, right? But you touch their bank accounts and you will have problems for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the Magnitsky Act did. That's why they were all, that's why Donald Trump Jr. and the rest of them lied and say, oh, that was about adoption. No. That meeting, because the Russians in their lame attempt to strike back against those sanctions against the oligarchs and Putin's allies. And by the way, also Putin, because he is the top oligarch in, in Russia, said, "Oh yeah, we're not gonna let Americans adopt Russian kids anymore. Right. Wow, they got us. It's just a random weird strike that only hurts Russian kids, right? right? And so, but those are the people they care least about. So if if they had a deal like that, and now that's tough because not only could he just say, hey, it was licensing, it was licensing, right? Sure. But it, you'd have to somehow prove that the Russians got something concrete back. Now we can all see it with our eyes. I mean, they changed the, the plan. They changed right. the platform uh, to uh, the Republican platform right in the middle of those negotiations to make it more pro-Russian, saying the Crimean excursion by and. Annexation is fine, and on and on. Trump refused to put sanctions on Russia for a long time. We could all see it with our plain eyes, but proving it in court or enough to to get an indictment in this or a conviction in the Senate, it's just a different animal. But it's possible. I mean, it's a political exercise in the Senate, and it's a political exercise in in its totality. I mean, witness the fact that. Impeachment proceedings started on uh, with a much lower bar on uh, Clinton, right? But anyway, I uh, and 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 through time, but uh, you can make the argument already without even knowing the specifics about the licensing and all the rest that Trump has been comp was compromised, as you've said and has been noted on this network many times. Trump was compromised by virtue of the fact that he knew. That he was meeting with the Russians, that his people were meeting with the Russians, that there were meetings going on about a property or some business with the Russians. Maybe it was just naming rights or whatever the hell. And the Russians knew it, yet he was on record and continuously representing the fact that there was no, there's no relationship between me and Russians. I, I met, you know, I barely met any Russians. I've never, you know, I, I did Miss Universe there once. So they know that they can drop a dime on Trump any old time, right? Now I'm gonna say something really weird. Uh, and it starts with this weird beginning to the sentence. To be fair to Trump, mm -hmm. okay, to be fair to Trump, Trump doesn't 
comprehend that bribery is somehow bad. Right. He thinks, what do you mean? That's I'm making a smart business deal. I lose nothing. Uh, if the American people lose something, that's vague and I don't really care. I gain, I'm making up a number here, I gain $20 million. Where's the question? Because if you're an honest person that don't doesn't commit crime on a regular basis, you would think like, whoa, 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 I'm getting myself in a real risk here. Even if you were tempted, right? You'd be like, I could go to prison, I could end my career. No, Trump thinks, no, I'm doing business because crime is his business. Sure. And so almost like again, public record, almost everything he did had some criminal component, using undocumented workers, working with the mob on on some of the deals, you know, and the list goes on and on, money laundering, etc. So when he sees a bribe, he's like, "That's just a win." Sure. Why I'd be an idiot not to do that, and and he, like to him, betraying the American people, I don't think it even crosses his mind as a relevant factor. Like he doesn't even think about that. Yeah, but we saw public policy, that is to say, United States policy, as you've just detailed, influenced by the fact that he had a relationship with the Russians. He had a but business he relationship. Thinks, yeah, that's because I made a smart deal. No, exactly. I'm not saying, but he doesn't have to know. He, he, I get it. You're from the world of you pay off this guy, he pays off that guy, and you get this. Now you're president, you can get even more payoffs. I understand it from that world. This just in, that's not gonna work anymore. But you need the Senate to agree, and I mean, this is, we all default to what we were talking about originally, which is you need those senators to fall into line. You know what, I, I just had like a moment there where I saw another piece of a potential future, okay? But this, this one's a little difficult and hence might not happen because of the circumstance. But Trump will admit to almost anything because he's not smart enough to, to know that you're not supposed to admit it. That's why he accidentally admitted that he Comey. fired Comey yeah. because of the Russia investigation. Right. And that's why Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, I didn't think what they did was some amazing act of political jujitsu, but it worked. They he's the clown in the in the movie that says, You're goddamn right I ordered the cord red. Yeah, right. right? That's right. And so and in that meeting with Pelosi and Schumer, at the end they got him to they were saying Trump shutdown. And I'll give Pelosi credit for that. She's like yeah. Trump shutdown, right? And it triggered him and she knew it would trigger him. And he's like, yeah, you're goddamn right, I'm gonna shut it down. And it's gonna be the Trump shutdown, right? Oops, right? But he doesn't know it's an oops. So if, and this is the difficult part and why it might not happen. If there was any circumstance in which someone was questioning him and said, hey, why did you do that deal where in return the Russians got these things? And pressed them and pressed them and pressed them. He'd say, why wouldn't I do that deal? He right. would say it because he really believes. Why wouldn't I do that deal? Sure. Because to him, like the idea of selling out American interests is an it's a non-entity, it's a non-issue. It doesn't even cross his mind. He doesn't understand the concept. He because he's never cared about anyone else. He doesn't view the presidency that way. He That's views right. the presidency as I'm in charge, I benefit. The idea that he works for the American people and his all of his efforts have to be directed. And improving the lives of American people never crossed his mind, not once, never even thought of it, okay? And if you told him that, he'd be like, oh, that's that's an interesting take, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh, I'm so Well, I think if, he, if you told him that, he'd go, yeah, I am working for the American people. American people have never been better off. That's why we're doing well, because- Yeah, you know, he just say that and he just goes out. with his right. bullshit. Yeah.
But and so if he said, because he's almost partly doing this, he's partly done it a couple times on Twitter, on the campaign finance law violations, the paying the hush money stuff. He's like, well, of course I didn't do that. Now, if I were to do that, though, would that really be that wrong? <laughs> Why are you writing that, you moron? Why are you writing that, <laughs> right, on Twitter? And so, you know, and several times he he's said, if I were to have done that. So I can easily see him saying, well, if I did make a deal with the Russians, it would just would have been smart business. And you guys are complaining about smart business. And then everybody turns around and goes, Oh, right in the Republican Party. Maybe they, they, you know, they tell you the the sky's not blue, and they all close ranks behind the, the sky's not blue. I mean, I, I tell you, Jenk, they have astounded me at their ability to to push back and and be just to do things for political expediency. They're just completely so detached I, from fact. Often, Mark, I hear you, but you know, I'm going to say something uh, funny. I, I'm I'm not astounded. I actually did think, I'm astounded by another thing though, related to this. I actually did think that the Republican Party was just this corrupt. I never once questioned that they would be this corrupt. My dad, he's such a wonderful progressive and a wonderful guy overall. But he earnestly, every day come, you know, when I talk to him, he's like, I can't believe the Republicans are this craven, even though he's known and he's been fighting against the Republicans for 20 years and he knows all the terrible things he did, but he's still like cannot believe it. But guys, they don't care. It's you're you're projecting onto them your decency, mm. and they're just not built like you. And the reason, and and here's why: it's are Republican politicians somehow genetically more evil? Preposterous. No, of course not, right? No, but what happened was, it's not, it's not like oh they become Republican senators and they become evil and blah, and Beals above talk to them. No, none of that crap, right? No, it's a process of self-selection and it's, it's Darwin's law in politics, right? And so the donors self-select right. cravenly weak Democrats and over the top, immoral, shameless, Republicans to give money to. And the more cravenly immoral you are or amoral you are in the Republican Party, the more money you will get. Exhibit A, Ted Cruz, right? So when we see Ted Cruz, we see a, a greasy, unctuous snake, right? That'll do anything. He sold out his wife, yeah. he sold out his dad, and he, and he bent down and kissed Donald Trump's ass, right? No moral center at all. But for us, that's the bug. For Republican donors, that's the feature. Mm. And because what do they need? They need a vessel. They don't need somebody to think independently. They don't think they don't need someone smart. They don't need someone courageous or independent. Blah, totally useless. Someone moral who cares about doing the right thing, not remotely interested. And the donor does is also not evil. He doesn't also consciously think that. He doesn't consciously think I have to find some immoral son of a bitch to give my money to, right? He, but he has an instinct for who will get him return on investment. Mm -hmm. And they see Ted Cruz, and they see Donald Trump spitting his wife's face, and then he got down on his knees for Donald Trump. And they go, "That's my guy," because that guy will do anything I tell him to do. <laughs>
But I and but I am being literal, right? Yeah. So honestly, and it almost seems like bragging, I don't mean it that way. I am not at all surprised by how the Republicans have reacted to Trump. I knew that they would do anything, anything if for their own interests. The idea of patriotism and country, they don't they've never cared, not once until should the the releasing of taxes be a uh, when you're a presidential candidate or even a candidate for for uh, public office that's that's not the presidency should that be a law instead of sort of this sort of custom? That's a good question. Um, I have to. I'm going to confess one thing, and then I'll go back to what I didn't know and got Dobbs. And yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean. No, to no, no. Of course, it's old school. Go keep flow, but. Um, my bias here is that Bernie Sanders has not released his taxes, and I don't know why. Okay, and so, but of course, we have to act on principle and not act on situational politics like the Republicans would. So I I tell you that out loud so that it does not influence me, right? Mm-hmm. So if you had told me before Trump. Should it be a law that they have to release their tax returns? I think I would have said, no, I guess not. The voters will judge them for it. Whether they, you know, does that mean they're hiding something? They'll take it into account. I'm not sure I would have seen the absolute necessity for that. Post Trump, it's a little hard to deny that it should be a law because it turns out. Well, your taxes might tell you who the guy's working for, mm-hmm. and I know it was. Previously unimaginable, even to me, that well, the taxes could tell you that the president is working for a foreign country. I would have thought like, nah, not even Ted Cruz, because he'd be savvy enough not to do that, right? But now, well, I guess it should be a law, because otherwise, how do we know? Right, right. My father still thinks that Trump's gonna release him. <laughs> and my dad's a brilliant guy, but he goes, well, he just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why he hasn't released him yet. Because he's making the same mistake that almost everybody makes, because they assume that Trump is not a criminal. Right, right. Because said, the idea of the president being a criminal seems like, nah, right? Yeah. Lifelong criminal, okay? That's right, that's right. Lifelong. And by the way, finally, I've been saying this for two straight years, finally, Democrats have mustered up the courage and some pundits have. And I saw it, part of the reason why I brought it up in the first place, I saw it on online today that on cable news, they fought, one or two different people said lifelong criminal. And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah we're almost there. Yep. Okay, we're almost there. So, so go back now. Okay. Now, um, so the thing that surprised me is how they created an alternate universe where facts and logic are optional, mm-hmm. okay, and or hostile, like they're they're the body rejects them. That I'm amazed by. So Lou Dobbs went on a rant today on on a show about how Donald Trump can't stop winning. Like what an unbelievably great week this was for him, because he did that really strong showdown with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and showed him who's boss, right? And how, but even like his beloved markets are wobbly and mid crash, right? And uh, and yet, Lou Dobbs, let me see what he said. Despite the ceaselessly venomous left who inhabit much of the media, etc., <laughs> positive gains in trade with China. I mean, that's his best case 
right? But no, I mean, the trade war with China has been absolutely disastrous. And part of the reason why the, the, uh, the markets are wobbly in the first place. Okay, fine. Uh, he, President claims the moral high ground on the border wall. He can claim the moral high ground if you think it's the moral high ground, but he hasn't built the wall. So how is that a win? And in fact, this week, like Pelosi and Schumer publicly mocked him and said, "No, I will not give you the money for the wall." How's that a win? Yeah, I thought that was right. great that they were, they, you know, yeah. they were they were very specific about saying, "No, no, no, sir, this is you know." Uh, By the way, just on the wall, I mean, and again, this is everybody's giving him a pass on. It was a campaign promise. The way you promised in the campaign was we weren't gonna have to pay for it. 100%, that's why I was actually a little upset at Schumer on the first day of that coverage. And I was like, well, turn around, make eye contact with him and say, I thought Mexico was gonna pay that's for exactly it. Right. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I was saying as well. Yeah, yeah. so where is it, Mr. President? No, no, I, because I'm just quoting you. Right, I'm just the way he did with the shutdown. He said, you yeah. said it 20 times, you should have said, you said it. You said it 220 times on the campaign trail. Right. Mexico is going to pay for it. So, look, there's a long list. None of it is any is anywhere near attached to reality. Just give you two others. We so can, he vilifies the left. Right. Okay, yeah. I got it. But how is that a win for Trump? Right. And he says uh, he dismantled fake news reports about his administration. I. I what? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. yeah, and slapped down reports he's struggling to replace his chief of staff as he's in no hurry to do so. No, he can't, this chief of staff is the second most powerful person in America, arguably the planet. And he can't find anyone to take that amazing, amazing job. Yeah. Lou Dobbs turns that into what a brilliant man. He didn't want anybody to replace him right away anyway. He's taking his sweet old time <laughs> and he's proven everybody wrong by taking so long. Like I, my mind can't <laughs> comprehend how they detached they have become from reality. Like this week, his former personal lawyer and one of his best friends said, yes, we worked together to commit a felony with the president. And now we will now go to prison for that felony we have admitted to that we did with the president. And Lou Dobbs thinks this might have been his best week. <laughs> I didn't, to, like, so my bad that I didn't realize that it went to 11, <laughs> yeah. right? That irrationality and detachment oh. from facts went to 11. So, you know, the second thing he did was he railed on Nikki Haley. Because now Nikki Haley said something that I didn't even think was offensive. I thought she was almost trying to give Trump credit in the best way that she could. She said, like, oh, she would use Donald Trump's bluster to threaten people at the UN and say, hey, look, you don't want to make Trump angry. So you better sign on to these sanctions that we want or whatever else that we want. Because you know, the president could be unstable, wink, wink, right? Mm -hmm. And so you could say, hey, that's smart strategy. And, and she was working with Donald Trump as she claimed on that strategy. She won't work with Donald Trump, Donald Trump's just an idiot. And she was like, I don't know, I'm trying to make the best of it, right? But the way she framed it was we're working together and to use that to our, to our advantage. Lou Dobbs is like, how dare she? Okay, I can't accept this. And she's like, he's a she's a traitor. She's how you know unacceptable. How dare she talk about the president like that? Who does she think she is? She thinks she's setting policy for the United for the United States. Anyone who they perceive as going one inch away from loyalty to Donald Trump, they turn on in the most vicious way. But at some point, there's not going to be enough guys around. That's you. the problem, exactly. Yeah, I mean, these are people who were Trump loyalists to a large degree. Even as you say, Nikki Haley might have been doing sort of the 
uh, mental gymnastics or verbal gymnastics to sort of rationalize his his radical and uh, uh, changeable moods um, to try to turn it into like some sort of diplomatic gambit, you know. But the truth is that uh, you're going to run out of those people. We're out of time. What's the problem? No, Skip. Did we? Were we supposed to end the podcast already? Yeah, about like. Oh, okay. All right. I missed that. I see everybody. All right. So, hey, podcast. Uh, <laughs> God bless your hearts, guys. Hey, we try to give you a really full podcast. We give you a little more than we normally do. Bless your hearts. No big deal. We still got a couple of important things to talk about. Tyt.com/slash/join for extra. Uh, become a member. Uh, and so let's keep it going. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com slash join.